Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 413. Hello. Can we start now? I think... Oh, hold Just on. Tone. I got... We got to make attendance. Uh, Anthony McKay? Here. Uh, Charles Anderson? Anthony McKay? <laughs> no, you're supposed to stay here. Knock, knock. Charles, you're doing this wrong. <laughs> Mike Hunt <laughs> but yeah. This is our intro Tony has decided that He's going to pretend his uh, Video froze Or I don't know what No, no, doing. no I'm just trying to re- Try to remember what We said we were going to Call this <laughs> But uh Well, that is good, because someone should. Uh, we have another fun shit show show. Uh, we talked about uh, what we've heard. Uh, news, uh, big news is San Diego Comic Con, uh, as well as shows being canceled and some shows that are going on when they shouldn't, and what are we going to be doing for entertainment in the coming weeks and months and years and everything else. And we all get to hear audibly how Tony McKay is very slowly going insane. That, that is very I, true. And, and some of us had comics to review, so that's a good yeah. point. I reviewed The Grass Kings. Uh, I reviewed Lost on Planet Earth. Uh, I reviewed Loud. Tony, what did you review? Oh, man. What didn't I review? <laughs> <laughs> But, 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 in order for you to find out, you, you need to listen to this episode. Ah, <laughs> uh, you sh- Never mind, Charles, you're not trying to play off anymore. Tony is the schmarminess. So grab a cold one and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 413. Let's start this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, I like how your beard has basically, it's almost grown in a spherical way. Where it's not necessarily going down, it's not going out, it's like perfectly expanding at 360 degrees out from your face. I like it. It's got a nice rounded shape to it. Have you been trimming it, or is that just how it grows? Well, I did a little bit of this here. That's it. Okay. I mean, it's grown back somewhat, but I actually shaved... Uh, I think last week. So, and you can see that little white spot I used to have is now uh, a third of my right cheek. It is growing, and it's it's moved up to the lip. I love so Anthony's I spot. I'm worried it's going to go into the mustache and not continue. If it goes up the beard, that's fine. But if it goes into the mustache, imagine like this white C on my face that goes. <laughs> I haven't shaved in over probably. Well, at least a, m- a month and a half, seven weeks, probably. You trim. Probably. Like you, 
No, I haven't. No, not even anything. I just did part of my neck a little bit because it got a little bit weird. Um, But I was just letting everything grow. And uh, yeah. Uh, And welcome back to uh, Beard Talk. Uh, This is our (laughs) podcast about beards. Uh, I'm glad you guys could join us. Um, Yeah, I did get over uh, the itchy. The itchy point was uh, last couple days, so today was the first day I woke up, and it's kind of gotten soft enough that it doesn't itch anymore, so that's an important milestone. Yeah. We have a uh, special guest here, Linz, to talk about beards as well. How do you feel about beards? I like beards. I think most what women do. What kind of beards? Clean ones. That's really the only qualification. <laughs> Jason Momoa beard? I mean, if a beard looks good on a guy, it looks good on a guy. I don't, you know, neck beards are weird, but whatever. <laughs> as long as they're clean. What about I was watching this movie out. called uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. I think it was oh made in 1959, yeah. 60 Oh my goodness, yes. It has uh, Sean Connery in it. Um, the what? Leprechaun King, he has a neck beard. It's so big and it's oh. hilarious looking. Uh, There's no hair above the chin? Yeah, uh... Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. A little bit? Right. Okay. Yeah. It's um, huge. It's so fucking, weird. I've never seen Darby O'Gill and the Little People. I Go just... And watch. The story is, is quite... I mean, it's still like a good story for a way... I don't know how to judge it, you know. It, it just seems so old. On St. Patrick's for, Day at my brother's house, I tried to get him to turn that on. But that movie terrified me as a kid because of the banshee yeah. sheen. The banshee, I was so scared. Of, I'm still scared of banshee. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing that I thought was like, I was like, ghosts aren't real, vampires aren't real, but banshees, fuck yeah, those things are real. Like, I don't know why, but I still think that. Just like last I think leprechauns are real. Somebody about banshees probably like last year, and right outside my house was this like weird wailing noise. I was like, oh my god, it's coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> It was Maybe you were talking about it. I don't get yeah. scared about the things, but I was definitely like, I got, what do you call them, goose pimples? What do you guys say? Goose Yeah. It's funny. So, what do you guys, uh, give me your quick uh, one minute spiel of what's new with you this week. Or in the past two weeks. Obviously, uh, uh, some of us have grown lot. beards. I worked a lot and made painting and food. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> You did some pretty good artwork. I, I like that, that I saw. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Charles. Yeah, I know. Charles. What's, what have you done the last two weeks? Uh, I've been under a lot of stress, which I'm not going to get into, but it's been it's been pretty, uh, you know. Stressful? <clears throat> defeating. Uh, we watched a lot of movies and stuff. I watched Parasite. I thought that was... An amazing. Oh, that's that's such a good movie. <clears throat> What's that? I didn't on? know what to expect. I think that was fun. I actually started to watch it in Korean, hoping I could figure some of it out. But um, I got probably like twenty minutes into the movie, and I was like, "No, you know what? I probably don't know what's going on." So I went and downloaded uh, like uh, subtitles for it. Oh, or, no, okay. uh, yeah. Oh, you were yeah, watching so. without subtitles. Yeah, exactly. Oof. And I was way off. I was really <laughs> so off. <laughs> It's way more interesting than I could have imagined, too. Yeah, it's um, real it good. Deserves every award that it gets, it's amazing. I love it. It's yeah. it's fucking creepy and weird, and I feel like it's pretty original. I don't know. Times and... you, you made me happy. Yeah. I thought that it was streaming, but then I forgot that you sailed the... It, 
Eric's Oh, oh is it? It's on Lulu. Yeah, that's where Charles watched it. Yeah, Charles doesn't download stuff, Tony. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Charles, have you ever actually downloaded anything? I, you've never downloaded anything ever, right? No. No, not when, uh, when I downloaded Skype. He downloaded uh, a car. <laughs> I love those crushes. You wouldn't download a car. I mean, if I could, I would. Yeah. <laughs> Soon we'll be able to download the car and just uh, 3D print it, right? Yeah. This isn't a soon, motivation issue. This soon, is like, just going to be in our lifetime, but, I mean, in the whole scale of humanity, yeah, soon, real soon. Anthony, what about you? Uh, good amount of gaming. Uh, I do work um, 9-ish to 5-ish. Um, I mean, my work schedule was kind of flexible when I was in the office, and that flexibility is even greater now that nobody can actually see me whether I'm working or not. Um, I've considered investing in one of those robots that moves your cursor for you so that Skype always shows you as online, not away. Just put uh, yourself in busy. Uh, that's, that's what a lot of my coworkers have been doing, and I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the uh, trick. So, yeah, some work, work during the day. And then in the evenings, if it's not video games, then I've been doing a little bit on my house. I started cutting glass tiles last night. So going to be finishing up the backsplash. Finally got the motivation. To, I, part of it was concern that it wouldn't work or that I would cut myself or injure myself. But I said, ah, whatever. Let's give it a try and started doing it. And yeah, that's about it. I, I started to have these like strange thoughts about like, um, uh, using sharp objects and, and sharp things or, or eating food too fast like I'm by myself, no one's going to know I'm going to choke or I'm going to bleed out or something like that you know, just because I'm stuck at home that's life alert I actually want to make sure I have a good chair for the Heimlich you know, the, 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 <laughs> the side of the couch is just <laughs> <laughs> I read an article the day of a woman who uh, it, she was describing her experience with the coronavirus and she was talking about how, like, one of the first couple days where her symptoms really started acting up, she almost blacked out. She, like, kind of fainted and fell to the ground. And she's like, now I get those Life Alert commercials. She's like, maybe everyone should have Life Alert. <laughs> yeah. Because if you live alone, because she lived alone, and she was like, my neighbors would never find me for days and days if I fell asleep. Life Alert. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually thought of that before where uh, having diabetes and everything, if all of a sudden something happened to me and I randomly died, that at least my body would be found typically within a week because you guys would come over on a Sunday and you might then, you would probably get the hint after like calling multiple times like we're recording this that you might be, something might be wrong and then you might contact my brother who then would break in. So I have a feeling that normally that would happen. Just but you right. can just delete your browser history. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, he's dead. Where's the computer? I think, I think the, the plan is to take Tony's body out of the house and then just set the house on fire. <laughs> no evidence that way. That, that, I mean, that could work. But yeah, I, I, have, I, I have thought, though, how long it would take to find, you know, someone's body. And that's kind of a morbid thing. And then I've thought about multiple ways how I could easily kill myself here at my house, tripping over this or that, and, uh, yes, yeah, so, uh, 
I have spent my time thinking about that the last couple weeks, as well as... Instead of, you know, like, cleaning to help prevent tripping over things in your house by yourself. (laughs) I'll have you know I actually have started cleaning, so fuck off. Because I've gotten to that, I've gotten to that point. <laughs> I have watched three more weeks. Global pandemic. Yes, I have watched so much. I think I was gonna have a list of everything I've watched. I think next week I will have a definitive list of everything that I've watched. But holy shit, there's just so much. Uh, I finally beat Breath of the Wild. I think I put at least two hundred hours into that game, and I need I need more sustenance to get me by. I'm kind of full of energy right now as this recording. Uh, me and Anthony had just come from a birthday party-ish. I want to say birthday party because this was a group thing set up, uh, mainly our organization that we've talked about before, Friends and Family Cystic Fibrosis. Um, we obviously know a lot of people with cystic fibrosis, and a good friend of ours, Sophia, was having her birthday today and you ain't going to be going anywhere in lockdown anyways but especially someone that has cf you got to really maintain that social distance so we all met in a parking lot we all were distanced there for staging and then we had uh cops and fire trucks and uh, streets closed off and we did a quick parade uh in front of the condo where she was at and she was uh, out front and Tears of joy, and it made me kind of a little bit, you know, like, this was just awesome that I could do this. It was great to physically see people, even though still can't give them hugs and everything. I got to see people in person, which is a rare... I think that's going to be the new commodity coming uh, in the future. <laughs> Human interactions. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm quite happy about that. And I've had a couple other friends that also have been planning these parades, which I think is a great thing. And if anyone really gets invited to do something, take the time to go do it. It'll cheer up whoever it is that is stuck in quarantine that can't do X, Y, or Z. And just driving by and honking with a group of people is uh, a good, nice, peaceful way to get through. Yes. Well, maybe not for all the neighbors, but... (laughs) <laughs> I will say we parked. Uh, we parked across uh, from the Embassy Suites, and like this parking lot that's for. Uh, it's technically a reserved parking lot for the condos right there. I guess most of the people in the in the condos they actually park on the other side of the building, so it wasn't a big deal. Um, at first, I was like, "Oh, here come the cops!" Because one uh, one of the Grand Rapids police rolls in. And then uh, our friend Ricky gets out, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's Ricky. We're not going to get arrested now." <laughs> yeah. Um. Turns out he was actually in on escorting us. So we had a nice police escort in the front. We had a fire truck in the back. They were there and all that jazz. Um, it was pretty nice, too, because uh, with her having cystic fibrosis, she was in the hospital for three weeks, two or three weeks, right at the beginning of this whole coronavirus thing. She had already been in it, and then because of the coronavirus going around, she had to be completely isolated. So, like, even her parents couldn't come and visit her in the hospital and stuff. So... Yeah, it was, I would agree with Tony. It was nice. Um, one, it was a beautiful day. I think that was one of the biggest parts is that it's sunny. It's like 56 degrees outside. Honestly, it should be above 60, but I'll take what I can get. It's not snow in the middle of April. Some madness, but 
That, that, yeah, that snow... It always happens, though. I always say that there's going to be, you know, snowfall in April, and sure enough, it was right when everyone was wanting to plant their uh, random new gardens, but uh, we, we won't get too much into that. Uh, All these brand new homesteaders. Yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta grow food to eat, because, you know, quarantine. Because <laughs> that's yeah. how food goes. A bunch of people now are going to have those, like, flower, old lady flower hats on yeah. to go out in their little vegetable gardens to pick it. Mm. <laughs> you know, because when you plant seeds, you immediately get food out of them. Yep. Immediately. Yeah. Within days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And no animals or bugs will come and eat them first, which has been my experience. <laughs> I'm just feeding the nature around my house with my garden, <laughs> not my actual self. Oh, I, uh, I am very so close to getting a cat. Uh, you are? Yes, just because I'm you so lonely. You should get a cat. <gasps> you should. I'm not a cat person. I love a dog, but... No. The big thing, and something that maybe my mom was saying, dogs are take a little bit more, and when, you know, a year from now when this blows over, you know, that's a lot more responsibility than a cat. But I am close to getting it. I need... It sucks being by myself. You, Linz, you are no. lucky. You have people in your household. Me, Anthony, and Charles. It's... Yeah. It's depressing. Yeah, and I. It and is I, a perspective thing. You do have to see the exact same people every single day all right. the time. Right, and well, and, and <laughs> right, and I'll have to say this: I've, I'm very lucky because Josh and I get along very well, and my child is a dream when he's here. So, you know, we haven't hit that fighting every day level that some households I think are reaching right now, where everything you do irritates the other person. And I started to fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> I need to feel something. <laughs> I'm like, um, what do you call it? Uh, well, I've become clumsy. Like, really clumsy. Like, I'm dropping stuff left and right. Like, my brain's becoming mush. And I'll, like, lecture myself. Come on, you need to get up and do things more. <laughs> I just got to it by myself. <laughs> I started playing Sea of Thieves. You ever heard of that game? Oh, Charles, I would play with you. That game's fun. Yeah, well, I played it so much that I... I uh, I, when I stop playing it, I feel the oceans tilt and stuff. <laughs> You're like, alright, I'd be on the sea. <laughs> Did you sing shanties as you go around the house throwing chores? <laughs> no. <laughs> Darn it. I would love a recording of Charles singing sea shanties as he cleans uh, his uh, bathroom or whatever. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's get into... Uh... Why we're we're here though? Let's get into some comic books. Well, I'm Anthony, and I are our cats need to meet. <laughs> God, it'd be hilarious if they started like attacking the screen because they saw another cat. <laughs> so hilarious. My <laughs> cats are bigger on smells. If it smells weird, then they'll be angry. But besides, they don't really care. Okay, back to what? What were we talking about? I'll go first, Tony. About my book. Sure. It is absolute insanity. Uh, so I read Loud. Um, it's from Black Mask. Uh, Maria Lovett is uh, the writer and illustrator 
so did all the work, and it is absolute insanity. It's uh, 96 pages, I think is what it was. I think 100 if you include, like, the covering stuff. Um, uh, it's, I mean, the beginning of it, it starts out with kind of a um, bunch of people just doing what people do in a strip club. Um, what do people so, do in a strip club, Anthony? Well, yeah. for those uninitiated who don't know, uh, there's stripping, and uh, there's a, a lot of smoking, a lot of bumping and grinding on the dance floor. It's kind of like, it's not like just, just a strip club. The place itself is called Loud, um, which corresponds to the title, but there's like, this is a place where there's private rooms, where people are having sex, there's like fantasies, there's just like a club where people are dancing out on the dance floor, there's the actual strip portion stripping portion where there's the pole um there seems to be a lot of acid being dropped by different people um different characters in this and it, it was kind of interesting because at the beginning like the first i don't know 50 pages 40 or 50 pages it's just demonstrating what is going on in the different places or spots around this club um to tell the story so that's what i'm reading it is well yeah actually there's no or not no there's very little yeah there's very little um dialogue in this i think it, probably in the first 45 pages there's maybe a total of like maybe 40 words completely like across all those pages um there's a lot of bums for the beats like a, you know a lot of onomatopoeias to demonstrate what's going on um but then at about let's see page uh, actually about 36 is where you see the first character that seems to have like a purpose within this uh, short story um, I don't want to spoil the there is a bit of a twist to it um, I don't want to spoil that but basically the story turns into it just gets it goes from what, like 9 you know the intensity level is 9 there's just there's sex everywhere, there's drugs, there's people dancing, there's naked bodies, there's, like, private rooms with, like, fetishes and stuff like that. Um, and then all of a sudden it turns into, like, this hyper-violent, um, slightly mystical storyline where things take a uh, more uh, mythical turn. Um, I won't spoil what it is, but... Very interesting. It's, you know, this is not my typical comic, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm more of a standard superhero. This was a recommendation. Uh, Liz, she's like, you should read a Black Mask. And I said, oh, okay. So I checked it out. Um, now your life will never be the same. It, uh, I wouldn't say it scarred me, but it's definitely impacted me the same way a scar would. You know, uh, 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 yeah, at first I was like, man, this thing's going nowhere. And then I was like, okay, so this is kind of like, you know, in film you would have the setup shot where they pan across the city to let you know, oh, this is in a big city like New York. That's kind of what that the, the first 30 or 40 pages or so get into. Um, and then, yeah, it's about page 70, so towards the last quarter of the, uh, the book that it gets uh, absolutely wild. And I had to go back and be like, wait. Who is this? Uh, I will say one critique. There are two characters who are against each other. Uh, they both have long flowing hair. And the only real difference I could notice was that the one guy has 
more yellowish, and the other guy's slightly oranger hair. But I actually mixed them up a couple times, so I had to go back. But yeah, the, the art style is interesting. It's almost like a uh, like smudgy art. There's not really defined lines between their different features. Um, yeah, overall pretty good. You like really, really weird stuff. <laughs> I'm looking at it, and this comic does a very good job, because like you said, the first, I don't know, half of the book is no dialogue, basically, but the writer slash artist does a very good job with uh, eyes, and being able to tell the severity or the uh, non-severity of a situation, uh, just with the looks on these people's faces, which is really good. And because of the no words, I mean... The words, the only time that there actually is dialogue, um, at least within the first half of the book, uh, it's really concerned with establishing things like small motivations. Why is this person doing this? So when there's a guy saying um, he's like walking up a stripper or maybe a prostitute, I don't know. And he's like, I haven't slept since last week. Like a little. Yeah, Anthony, I didn't hear a word you said. What? Yeah, you just <laughs> mute, you just muted yourself or something. Um, I still I'm not still mute. No, you're not. I mean, now you are. It, There's no, like noise it, or something. From me? Yeah. No. Now you're good now. That's fine now. Oh, okay. We had a bad. And... All right. So like I was saying when you guys so rudely stopped listening to me, <laughs> rude. Uh, it evoked a lot through the visual. So, very good that it, it, it is, you do know what's going on. I mean, I was by no means, uh, for pretty much the entirety of views as to what was actually happening. Um, some stuff's very graphic, so you have every detail you need to know what's going on. Um, Would you read another Black Mask comic after this one? Sure, why not? Um, <laughs> Love it. Last... The second half of the book had been the same as the first half, and there hadn't been real any like resolution or change. It getting wild like it did, I actually would probably say no. So I think it was a boon to the book that it transformed like it did. I think that was the end. Yes, I'll go next. <laughs> or we could just sit here in weird, awkward silence. Um, I'll go next. I do that so every I, day. What? I do that every day, sit in weird, awkward silence. So. <laughs> oh. Well, if the, I just experienced it for 20 seconds, and it was terrifying. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I read Grass Kings, the entire series. This actually, I thought it was more recent than this, but it ended in May of 2018. Um, I had read like the first couple of issues and then just stopped reading it for some reason, probably because there were too many books. Um, but this is from Boom, and it's written by Matt Kint. Kint? K-I-N-D-T, however yeah, you say that. Um, with art by Tyler Jenkins. What? What? Nothing? Go on. <laughs> um, the art is very, uh, it's like that watercolor style, which I enjoy. Oh, beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Um, so this book, 
I believe takes place in Canada, although it doesn't say, but they, there is a, um, a couple characters that they call first nation, which I think is a term they use in Canada for their native population. Um, but it's basically about this community that kind of is living outside of the government. Like they're just their own little, it's called the grass kingdom. And basically it's like if a trailer park was like, we're not part of anything. We're just our own thing. That's kind of what it's like. Um, so, and they, they've existed in this land forever. And of course there's issues with like the towns around them view them as trash and, you know, people sitting, squatting on land that isn't theirs and that sort of thing. But the whole, the whole point of this story is like, there's this serial killer that's been killing people for like decades and this other town thinks it's someone from the Grass Kingdom, and the Grass Kingdom is like, no, it couldn't be any of us. And it's this whole very, like, true detective sort of story. And I started reading it, and I was like, oh, there's 15 issues. I'll read the first couple. And then I just couldn't stop because I needed to know how it ended. And the ending wasn't super, like, it, it was kind of predictable. It wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe it was that person. Um, but it was a good really good and interesting story the character development in the book is really really good um you really get tied into these people's lives in a way that you wouldn't think so though just reading a 15 issue comic book so if you guys have a chance to pick it up i mean there's a couple trades out there because it hasn't you know it ended in 2018 but definitely really good story i read it in a day so it's a quick read because it's very engaging so check it out for sure from Boom, you can order it online. You don't have to go into your comic book store. You don't need to. Uh, real good. Real, real good. Cool, cool. Charles, what do you got? Uh, I read um, a comic um, called Lost on Planet Earth. Um, the year is 2381. The place is Richmond, Virginia. Now, um, it's actually kind of um, kind of a light read, and uh, kind of I guess it's kind of interesting because it's all leading up to um, its character development and sort of taking the hero and putting him in a, in a weird situation before you know starting the story. It's the start of the story. You know, it doesn't really give you much except for um, actually I have a I have a problem with this. Let me just get into it real quick. I have an issue with um, with the story actually. So like it starts off as like kind of a pan. In, in the in the in the first page to show that this person uh, has like all these accomplishments whatever they're like win uh, prizes at fairs and they have trophies and there's like graduation photos and it's this girl waking up her name's uh, Bas- uh Basilissa everybody calls her Basil um, the first text in it is about her mantra which is like don't worry about tomorrow focus on today um, it starts off like sort of she's talking to herself or describing things narrating for you to understand that she uh, she, like, dreams of being the best of the best. She wakes up at 6 a.m., exercises, does hot yoga, meditates, drinks smoothies, you know. Um, she wants to be a captain, uh, like her her idol, Captain or Carter Maine, uh, is the guy's name. You don't get to see in the thing. Um, she wants to be a captain before 25, because that was earlier than he ever did, right? Um, so it goes through, like, um, her family kind of makes note of her her obsession with, uh, you know, healthy eating and stuff like that in the morning. And then 
she goes off to do some like sparring with her best friend and her best friend's like talking to her and telling her like to lighten up and stuff because she's extremely focused her friend sort of forces her into being more carefree like they're just talking and leaving the gym sort of they walk by a pool and she just tosses her into the pool and then jumps inside with her you know it's kind of cute you know she shows that they've probably been friends for like a long time I guess uh, um, uh, she has these exams coming up uh, that are extremely important so she's like studying all the time um, while she was sparring she was even having these like ear pods in she was just listening to uh, exam stuff while she was fighting her friend which I, I don't know it's, I think that's kind of silly <laughs> um, so she, she actually has a lot of pressure on herself which is why her friend says something um, so she goes to the exam right the next day or whatever and the mantra sort of repeats again you know the uh, don't worry about tomorrow focus on today um, she gets into the exam we were taking exams there's really cool pods that you sit in and you have those like screens in front of you and it asks you questions and then you just you just say the answer really futuristic looking you know um, she gets to a certain point and she freaks out and she runs out of the the building she just leaves um, and uh, Apparently, there's like a, a runner every year, it seems. Um, there's a girl in the background that sort of witnesses her and like shows up later. Um, then it cuts to her the next day waking up, and she discusses with her family, or kind of like doesn't discuss with her family what happened because she doesn't really want to talk about it. But sort of everybody around knows that she was this year's uh, freakout, you know, a runner, they called it. Um, person that runs from exams because they can't take the pressure. Um, her dad offers to pull some strings because she... He knows someone on the faculty, right? But she admits she really doesn't want to. She really doesn't want to do that anymore, which is where I have a big problem. Sure, she like freaked out, but she has a second chance to fix this and do the things she's been always working up to doing. But instead, we have this like personality change, where she just says she doesn't want to do this anymore, and I think that's really weird. She doesn't have like a push to do this at all, you know. Which none of it is explained. It just kind of happens. So. Um, and then it shows this personality sort of change. Um, she decides that she's going to, she goes to, like, uh, buy a muffin shop. And she buys this, like, you know, 2,400-calorie muffin. And she just, like, devours it real quick. And then she goes to, like, the pier. She has, like, a cell phone or some kind of transponder. She goes, like, to throw it off of the pier, you know, to get rid of it, like, to be more carefree. She slips, falls down. And who witnesses her falling as well was the girl that saw her run out. And so she, like, meets this girl and then sort of, um, all the while, you sort of get into kind of, kind of like a history about something coming up, which is like this, um, it's called, the, these people called the Xanthippians, Zan which is, this girl is actually a Xanthippian, the girl she runs into, um, named Velda. Uh, I guess they've been like at war for a long time, there was like a peace treaty, and everything's fine now. So it's kind of interesting that they're, they're gonna be friends now. How many tropes, point, how many tropes were in this? Because that seems like it's a, a all those things that you just said, uh, secret yeah. alien, uh, alien Captain wars. The, well, that's, exac that's exactly what I was thinking of, to tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Except she doesn't ever go carefree. She just goes harder, which is how I prefer my uh, women. <laughs> <laughs> it's how I prefer my women, too. <laughs> Aliens. Anyways, Charles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of like how it sort of ends up stopping. You see, that they're going to be friends now, and probably going to go on little adventures together. But I guess um, I don't. I don't really understand. It seemed like she had her life all set, and there was no sort of 
There was no like, no push to make her change her mind about anything. She had everything going for her, and all of a sudden she just, she just breaks, and then think, she she falls hard. She falls really, really hard. I think that ties she, into. You never, want, you never want to do it in the first place. That's weird to me. Yeah, I think you tie in that ties into you guys were mentioning Captain Marvel uh, with the film. I think that's one of the biggest complaints. It wasn't so much. Like, a lot of people are talking about, like, her flat acting and stuff. But, like, for me, when I watched that movie, my biggest complaint was the character change didn't seem correct. Uh, in her case, it was, like, her emotional state changed, but she was, you know, she was gone from being this emotionally controlled character because you don't let your emotions get out of, you know, get out of your control, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden she becomes, like, this kind of wild creature but there's, there doesn't seem to be, like, the appropriate motivational response for that, which is what it sounds like with your character, Charles. It's like she's putting all this effort, she makes one small mistake, and then decides she wants to become, what, the fattest, least successful person for no reason with, you know, just breaks down. So. I think there's a – it's always funny because that's what – when women, like – fail in any sort of media that's like the first thing they do right is eat a giant fucking muffin like yeah. <laughs> or like ice cream like those are the two things I, that like <laughs> I, Charles said and then she ate like a 2400 calorie muffin I was like oh muffins do sound good like, that was my first thought that's not a woman thing men eat muffins too I know but they're never yep. shown eating muffins they never show it <laughs> no when men get angry and upset at themselves they work harder because yeah. that's how men they go to the it. gym. Go to yeah, the gym. yeah, yeah. I yeah. burn off 24 extra calories. That's what happens. <laughs> so Charles, what do you give it out of 10? Give me a number. Um, well, you know, I guess it depends on where it goes. It's only part of the story, you know. Um, is it is it good enough to keep you intrigued to read the next one? If it was the first episode of a, se a season of a show that I knew was going to go somewhere that was more exciting, then I would like it. But um, that's like just, a backhanded compliment. I don't know. Who's going to go do that? Going to go be a bum? I think. I, I think I don't that's an appropriate so I mean, it's it's a it's a. I can't I can't do the things they do. I can't write like this. And the the artwork is pretty nice and colorful and bright and pretty. I don't know. It took a lot of people to make this. I think I don't that's like a good compliment, though. Thing. You, if you knew that, it, you know, if you had somebody else who said, oh, watch the second episode, you'll feel better. Then you'd exactly. be like, okay. Well, this is a pilot, sort of, right? Yep. Sometimes and a lot pilots, of pilots suck. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of pilots suck, but then after that, when they get the funding, they get better writers or something like that. But that's not what I mean here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make sure to add. They clearly have a whole story the They just need to make the first, you know, episode of the thing. Do you feel like there's enough to maybe read it, but definitely if somebody else had read the second and said, oh, yeah, keep going, then you'd be like, okay, yeah. You're just unsure. I, I feel like she's never going to leave Earth because it says lost on planet Earth, and I really want her to go into space because that's what she wanted to do, kind of. <laughs> I really hope that the rest of the comic series is her just eating a bunch of muffins and getting really fat and then, like, 20 cats. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a twist. It wouldn't and be then really her like, You changed. <laughs> it's like, no, I, I finally before. became who I was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not going to be what happens. Well, they officially finally announced 
Comic Con. Wait, wait, wait. What? Wait, did you not read anything? Uh, so we're going to move on to news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been doing anything for weeks. Didn't have time to read anything? <laughs> that was the most no, perfectly executed politician <laughs> sidestep on a question. Not going to lie, I knew that was going to happen, and I realized, well, as, as I had stated, I've stayed up pretty late uh, watching shows and playing video games. I lose track of time. I don't know what time any time is, and I realized it this morning that, uh, yeah, I should probably read something, and then I failed. Yeah, you did. We're all disappointed in you. Shouldn't you expect this, though? No. <laughs> <laughs> you expected greater Tony. Yes. Picture Tony like reading the back of a milk carton with the ingredients or something weird like that. And he's like, he gets like halfway through, he's like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's like milk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just deal with this headache. <laughs> so what I was saying, which I was quick trying to transition into, was. Uh, San Diego Comic Con is canceled for this year. That is, yeah, that is the the big one that I mean everyone knows and hears about. We all know smaller cons have all canceled, uh, but San Diego is a huge one that you can't just kind of reschedule for later in the year like some of these other shows are are trying to that were in spring. Again, as I've repeatedly said, I don't think really this year we're going to see anything happen really anyways, even though there are contingency plans that other cons have done. But with this announcement, uh, yeah, they're planning on doing it again next year in July. But one of the cool things, and this is the first time in 50 years that this has ever been canceled, that they are doing... You can either get a full refund if because everyone's already gotten their tickets, which you would think that would be what happens. But it is hard to get these tickets. You have to get online. You need to be one of the first few to get them. They are allowing people to then also have those tickets transferable for next year. So if you have a ticket, and I think that's a really cool, awesome idea that they're doing. Or if you just realize it's not in the cards, you can get a full refund. Uh, hotels are already now starting to give their deposits back uh, for those weeks. Um, just call on in. So, yeah, that is a big thing. It's same with the vendors uh, and everyone else. Vendors and stuff can either keep, you know, get a full refund or keep it and come on back the next year. Um, again, that's it's a dicey situation if we will be in this again next year at this time or in even July or not, and if people will still be willing to go to bigger shows with the virus lurking out there, but I know... Uh, I think that will be interesting with the different conventions, you know, let's say, based on expectations, it looks like summer would be the latest. You know, everything starts to get back to relative normal sometime in the summer. Um, so if you're looking at, you know, these conventions that are in the fall or the spring or the winter. It's going to be another fire festival. Don't do it. <laughs> you're never going to get there. What I'm, what I'm curious back. about is if, if we'll see a cultural shift where people will be less interested in large settings. If you'll, yeah, just, even with the coronavirus happen. gone. 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, I know I pers until there's a, a cure, a vaccine, I will be very wary of anything more than a few people when they lift mm -hmm. restrictions. Um, I know. Kevin, I mean, you're not going to any bars after this. I said I'd be. I said I'd be wary, and I said large oh, groups. Oh, okay. He's learning how to drink at home. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's, had, he's had some rough mornings. He hasn't had to go out to the bar in order to be able to get a hangover. He can do it just as well at home. Damn it! <laughs> Darn, in these directions. <laughs> I don't know how to mix any of these drinks. I'll just pour them both in my mouth at the same time. <laughs> I can't help but picture that now. <laughs> you, just, you just you drink a little bit of one, and then you just start adding the other things until it tastes good, and you're like, oh, there it is. Sad thing, I've done that before. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Kevin Smith, uh, the comic book uh, man that he is, uh, my future husband. Yes, he he went to to Twitter to kind of just you know, kind of post his thoughts on this, which he's like you know, I I agree with it, it makes sense, but it sucks. Uh, but he also said maybe everyone come over to my house instead. You know, it won't be no Hall Eights or anything, but we can uh, get pizzas and we can speculate on Phase Four flicks and while sitting in space apart. I think that's an invitation. I, I, I think it is. I'm going to go. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I will show up at his house during that time and be like, hey, saw your, your Twitter post, and uh, that would actually, I feel like, would be fun. I could work from home, so I could work on the road while we travel. Right, right, yeah. And I'm not yeah, working, so I can drive. <laughs> Me and Charles were take shifts. That's our... just stay in your car. Yeah. <laughs> um... Speaking of Kevin Smith, though, too, uh, this has uh, delayed some pre-production stuff on some of his movies, and one of the ones that he's writing right now is Mallrats 2, which part of that story involved how malls aren't as big of a thing anymore, and with this virus, as we were just talking about people in large crowds, they are... Well, they're pretty much no one's going to the mall right now anyways. Uh, half the stores are closed, and if that, they're just giant cesspools for places for the virus to hang out. So he's writing the pandemic in his script. He's like, there's no way out of doing that, and that's going to kind of change probably the projection of his, uh, well, the script in the movie. I'm kind of curious, though, as we've said before, how much more that will uh, impact. I think we talked about it briefly last week, but, uh, man. We didn't talk about anything last week. Oh, the two weeks before. <laughs> that would have to have just been you and me. Maybe I'm thinking about when we recorded with Jay earlier in the week, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm hoping that this brings about, like, a very creative, like, Renaissance. Yeah, Renaissance. We get we get new and interesting, hopefully not all pandemic related uh, ideas for movies and and comic books and just music. And I hope that it's all amazing and awesome. And that's my hope. <laughs> I I do too. The one thing we got to realize though, we're still getting some TV shows and 
Netflix-style movies coming out right now. But with nothing... Go like, they push some of the bigger tent poles to next year. But if there's no filming for a good six months, there's going to be a huge gap in entertainment. And I have a feeling that that gap will be taken over by reality TV. Because it's so cheap and quick to make. Sitcoms aren't that hard to turn around. Like, you can get some sitcoms out there pretty quickly, I think. Hopefully not all reality television. That, that you know, they, that, that shit's not real. Not really. A lot, a lot of advertising is, is starting to look really, really lazy and uh, quarantine-oriented. Like, it looks like what we're doing right now. Low-quality, uh, highly pixelated um, advertising <laughs> commercials where they talk to the camera and I, I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. There's nothing to do it. Anybody could have done that. Why are you doing it? Did you guys watch the Saturday Night Live from home that they did last week? No. I did not see that one, no. So they, they, I mean, obviously they're not taping Saturday Night Live, but they did one, a from home edition. It wasn't live because they had to pre-record everything, but everyone did skits from their own house. They did a lot of, like, Zoom meeting sort of skits and stuff like that. It was actually not terrible for what they had to work with. Did they do was... the person who's not wearing pants going into the bathroom? They did, it... yes. Yes. They, well, they, had, they did the Zoom meeting with, like, the two old ladies in the office who couldn't figure out how Zoom works, and one of them took the computer with her into the bathroom and set it on the floor. And... Yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, it was good. That's a classic. <laughs> I... <laughs> I do find that, I mean, it, I'm trying to think of another thing, probably 9-11. I mean, look at how many movies came out about 9-11. You had multiple, from documentary to dramas. I mean, you had a bunch of pe movies about the first responders at the towers. You had multiple movies about United 93, what they, you know, all the evidence from that. You had other, you know, more fictional dramatic movies um all kinds of things like that and i think we'll see a lot of that from the time to come even though there's so many like virus quarantine movies already out there zombies and whatever not i think we'll see a lot of these quarantines and i'm not looking forward to it because it's boring as hell being in it why would i want to watch a movie about right of my life yeah. But, Hopefully not. Look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm saddened a bit because one of the Netflix shows that they were was in development right now that I'm just totally waiting for is the Sandman series. And that has been in limbo for ages. People have wanted to make it and a lot of people were happy last year when they announced that it would be a not a movie because movies are sometimes good, but when you have something that has such a rich backstory, you want to have it fleshed out, and so you want to have a series. So having it go to Netflix was like sweet, and Netflix paid some money, and it's going to be a pretty big production. But Neil Gaiman has gone and pretty much said that it's officially in hiatus again, uh, not because of you know, that they're not going to be making it, it's just because of this, which, that's what really got my mind thinking of how many, there's some shows that 
were able to wrap up within the last couple months, but other ones, you know, again, it's going to be that gap that we get to, uh, which I do want to talk a little bit about some TV filming in a sec, but there's some good news with Sandman, which uh, I've talked about it before, the Lock and Key and Sandman crossover comic book that they're going to be have, uh, which is going to have... Uh, I have no clue how and what it's going to be about, but uh, Joe Hill has talked about the pre prelude um, to it uh, the, in ba Pale Battalions Go, uh, which will be a prequel to the crossover that he already has written, and then the crossover is supposed to be happening later on this year, uh, supposed to be fall, but again, depending on what happens with comic books. This gives me a little bit of hope, because I think... I think we'll see a more surgence. I don't know if you can really just make uh, cartoons from home, but I feel like we're going to see some more anime and just entertainment as a whole in books and comic books because they can be making those as long as there's a way to distribute them, uh, which, I don't know, I guess... I'm just going to go on a long tangent of things that I can talk about, unless you guys tell me to shut <laughs> is there up. A way to, is there a way to distribute comic books? Is there? Do we have one? Well, <laughs> DC... Or is Diamond still not doing that? Diamond still is not. I mean, there's a little bit of that in, in a sec. DC is actually uh, doing their own right now. They are they're teaming up with uh, two different uh, newly created sister companies. Uh called Lunar and UCS. They're going to be kind of tackling half the states for one of the companies, and the, the other one has the rest of the states. As well as they will still use Diamond whenever Diamond reopens. But as of right now, DC's had to cancel all their titles for the last couple weeks, and they want to start getting them out there. So they are now telling their comic book stores to send their submissions for their books to one of these two uh, organizations, and then these two organizations so, will send them out. My comic book store's owner has a very strong opinion about this, and that's that he hates it a lot. <clears throat> because he remembers when Marvel tried to do this, and it was terrible. So he's very concerned. Of what, of different uh, distributors? Yeah. So he's, yeah. A, he's a diamond uh, he, person? Yeah. He prefers to get all of his stuff from one place. He's a, it's a very small business, so I don't know if it's like he doesn't want to have to deal with a bunch of different companies. <clears throat> but I, you know, I can see the pros and cons, I guess, from both sides. I guess Marvel's, I didn't think of that. Yeah, Marvel was terrible when they tried to roll out their own distribution company. It was fucking terrible. So well, we'll look at you look at uh, you know, even outside of specifically the comics industry, how many companies have successfully created a logistics arm? I mean, Amazon. Yeah. It's basically, they're the only ones who successfully be able to go around UPS, FedEx, and the U.S. Postal Service um, in, mod in the modern age. I mean, they still, you know, you still get your Amazon packages from FedEx, potentially, or something like that, depending on where it's distributed from. But you don't have, you know, as a person at home, I'm not expecting it from one thing. I still get what I ordered. You know, I can go to one company and I don't have to worry about it. Where in the case of, yeah, like a Marvel and DC, I, did, I just don't think that they have the experience. I would suspect 
that DC would suffer from a lot of the same problems because they probably don't have a centralized ordering source and then they themselves handle the distribution on how it's going to get there. You know, if I'm a comic store owner and I say, well, I want, you know, 50 copies of your next 10 releases, then just I expect them to show up on the next Tuesday or something like that, then great. And if it works, that's great. And I think that the owner you're talking about would probably be like, yeah, I'm excited about that. That's easy for me to do. I can pick which ones I want. They just show up. But with zero experience and, you know, very little time to ramp up on this, I'm sure they weren't planning on doing it as quickly as they have. But, uh, yeah, I think run into a lot of issues. I'd be excited if they didn't run into issues. I'm kind of curious, though, too, how it's going to work. Yes, not all for us in America here, not all the states are experiencing the same increase and not all areas in the same states uh, of this virus, but a lot of them have lockdowns and so comic book stores are not essential. So this just means that some of the world's going to be getting comic books and some aren't because why would those shops be ordering these if people can't pick them up, if people can't buy them? So that's the first and foremost hurdle that I don't know how they're going to get around. Um, but yeah, then everything else that you were saying too is just distribution. Now, Diamond has announced that they are planning to get back into the game mid-May uh, to end of May. Uh, but again... I don't know. I've totally changed a, th- a quick thought on, yes, they're probably centralized locations, probably easier for retail shops. But I don't real- think that they realize, though, how much more they have to sometimes pay to have a middleman do that. And if it's cheaper to go to other places, that's more profit for them. Competition is always key in capitalism, so I've heard. But uh, monopolies always happen as well which is true, so how much of, uh, of this shift will be better for at least comic book shops? I mean, we're still going to be paying the cover price of whatever it is anyways, but... It really just depends on how well it's done, I think. You know, if it's done poorly, then it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It, it comes down to adoption. If it's good enough, people start using it, and it'll start to... Uh, you know, yeah, it'll start to hit diamond bottom line and maybe they'll start to innovate or somebody else will come in and maybe that's what we should be doing, guys. Let's build a comic distribution platform. I I do know a crazy obnoxious, for being an accountant, I do know a crazy amount of obnoxious stuff about logistics. So, (laughs) Charles, can you do sales? No. (laughs) You're our sales manager. Um, um, I have some other news, a uh, little variety in the gaming world, uh, you know, with comics kind of, for a lot of people shutting down, the gaming world is as vibrant as ever, uh, it's kind of interesting, I have some friends that work in the video game industry itself, developers, and, uh, that is not an industry that typically works from home, um, you know, they're very much a in-person late nights at the office kind of industry. So this is causing a little bit of disruption there. Um, but, 
one thing actually that's an issue, and I found this to be a problem when I was trying to order my new Switch when Animal Crossing came out. Um, it turns out that there is a bot that was originally created to buy shoes, the idea being that you get like the latest Jordans or whatever, immediately when they go on sale online, this robot, you know, you put your credit card information into it and it automatically like goes through and fills out all the information and orders it quicker than a human could. Um, but there's been a uh, large shortage of Nintendo Switches available for people to buy and a big portion of it is because of this bot. They actually have their own Discord where people go on and um, publish like their uh, big hauls. There's a picture they posted in the article. This is on Kotaku, but they posted the article of someone who has a box that they opened and it has like nine switches in it, like refurbished Nintendo switches that they all purchase all at the same time. And they're able to resell it. It's typically anywhere from three to 350 bucks. And they're selling them from five to $700. Oh God. So buy the resale. Uh, get the $700 ones being the special editions like the Animal Crossing or certain bundles or their limited release. Um, so that's a little negative, a little positive, because we have the little positive sandwich. Um, there's some cool articles coming out of people who are able to use video games to help teach their kids, as their parents are now the uh, primary educator in a lot of their kids' lives now, just because of the schools closing down. Um, one parent wrote an article about uh, Animal Crossing is helping homeschool their five-year-old. Uh, and they're actually able to talk about different fish and bugs, because that's what you're catching in the game, um, fruits, how plants grow, um, the fact that you have to water plants, um, all kinds of different uh, things inside, how to spell spelling different words. You've got all the different furnitures and styles. You can talk about colors um, and how if you get uh, a, I think it's like if you put a red and a yellow uh, flower next to each other, they can make an orange flower. And so you can talk about the color wheel and how if you combine colors, you can get other colors. Um, red and blue give you like a pink one or it's like a, like a violet purple. Uh, so it's kind, it's kind of cute being able to use Video games, Pokemon, or Animal Crossing, stuff like that, to be able to teach kids where they at least, you know, I know my sister's struggling to teach her kids, three kids, uh, full educations at home when they just want to go outside and play. They're not in a education environment, so there's not the, you know, the environment itself isn't pushing for education. So when you're at home, I know I struggle to work sometimes because my video games are very close to where my desk is. And I just want to stop working. So I'm sure kids are struggling with that too. But video games are not all violent in making us killers. It is helping teach kids about <laughs> killers as well. So there's some good out there. Um, one good thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about Comic-Con. Uh, so the Eisner uh, Awards will still be going on this year. That is... Uh, I mean, each con has their own different awards for comic books, but these ones are usually, like, the top of the crop, mainly because they're at San Diego Comic-Con, and they are still going to go forward with it. Usually they'd be announced uh, by now of who is in the running, and then the industry leaders will vote on it, and then usually the Friday of Comic-Con, the winners would be announced. They haven't announced who's in the running yet, 
but they are still in how they're going to go about doing this, but they could do everything virtual anyways, so that's kind of one cool thing that at least will, you know, not be postponed and get some accolades to some of the people that deserve it within the industry. Now, one thing I want to bring up to you, you guys, uh, Florida man, or the many Florida men, and in how... the Dread Pirate Roberts. Florida man's title. That, that, it just, it's so, with them reopen, all right, we, time will tell how wrong it is for them to reopen beaches and do things, but when st states have lockdowns, we know what is essential and what is not. And we know that many businesses try to skirt around what is essential. Would you guys put WWE wrestling as an essential business? That is needed for the well, welfare I people. Was hoping you'd bring this up because I did see this uh, the news of this. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what a couple million dollars will get you. Exactly. Yeah. This is oh, this is oh that oh that just it pisses me off and, so much. What wasn't like the announcement they were going to uh, be treated as an essential business um, or whatever, or that they would be allowed to run like fights almost perfectly timed with a very, very large donation to a campaign um, from uh, McMahon's wife. She runs a super PAC, and they were probably planning on donating some money to a battleground state anyways. However, that came the day before, all of a sudden, uh, their governor said, and wrestling is somehow essential. And... <laughs> It helps the it helps the people. They need entertainment, Tony. The, and it's biggest thing of uh, corrupt. It's corruption. Yeah. It's at its <laughs> finest, and I'm but just in shock. Admit, this is going to add some great tension to the stories that the WWE brings us. They fired a bunch of people. Well, here before firing people, uh, you got to think. Out of everything that is non-essential that people are making essential, at least those people are wearing gloves or distancing themselves. These are grown men touching each other, sweating on each other, like... You talking about wrestling or porn? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I just... Uh, yes to everything. That, I understand that they have, you know smaller sets and certain people that have immune deficiencies are not really wrestling like Roman Reigns and he's probably going to be not wrestling for a good while uh but it just it 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 saddens me that all it's going to take is one outbreak there unless they are wiping down that ring after every single person is sweating on it i don't think they get how easy this is to contract but as Linz, as you brought up they fired a lot of people too and it's all people don't care about workers they just care about their bottom lines and they've already it's one of the things that being a casual fan now they've had too many wrestlers so this is a perfect excuse for them to kind of get rid of some but they're just going to hire them back when this is all over anyway some of them if those other people don't find other places to go and wrestle but really wrestling as a whole is shut down worldwide and no one is making any product except for those who can pay their governor to allow them to be essential. Yep. 
It's weird and sad. Not surprising, though. I got uh, happy news, though. Yay! For you, and happy this is news. directly focused at Tony. Uh, Sony uh, uh, has patented recently a small, cute robot. Think uh, they haven't really released any photos of the actual thing. The patent photo does show kind of like what looks like a giant cotton ball with little tiny arms and eyeballs and like little legs that sits on the couch with you and is your gaming companion while you sit at home alone gaming. Uh, it has been touted as, um, it says it offers encouragement and companionship and the robot might also be able to play some games with you and even push you to go to bed at a sensible hour. People are going to try to have sex with that thing. <laughs> yes, 100%. Rule 47? Oh, yes. Let's go to bed, companion. Yes. <laughs> As, uh, it does say this. Overall well-being and health should be boosted as a result. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys ever... Do any of you listen to Smodcast? Besides me? Uh, every now so and then. There was this robot that that somebody in Canada put out a couple years ago called Hitchbot. And oh my god, of it yes. Was it for it to go from one side of Canada to the other, which it did successfully. And then they decided to try it in America, and I'm sure we all know how that turned out. Um, but uh, there was a whole Smodcast episode about Hitchbot, and pretty much it ended up with the idea that if it comes to America, somebody's going to fuck it. And what? Didn't they, didn't the, the Hitchbot in America, like, in New York, like, within the first week, it got beat up and uh, mugged and yeah. was, like, laying sideways, basically dead on yeah. Yeah. <laughs> an alley? Yeah, uh, they probably also was violated sexually, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, someone will probably try and have sex with this little Sony robot. Oh, Charles, do you, uh, you got anything you want to discuss? Yeah, did you guys see, um, was that Green Hornet? Uh, oh, yes, it just came back onto Netflix. What, the movie? That's interesting. Yeah, the 2011 film. Uh, there, it's, I'm assuming you all have seen it? Yeah. Oh, it's not a sequel? It's just the regular movie? No, it's the original uh, that came back out. Okay. Seth Rogen? I, I didn't get excited, was thinking, oh my god, Netflix original Green Hornet, and then I was like, oh, it's the original. But I do think that they Netflix should make a new Green Hornet. I think that would be fun. Uh, so, Boom and Netflix now have a, a... Well, Netflix has a first looks deal with Boom. So, any movies, TV shows, animation, anything like that, Netflix has first dibs at uh, from Boom, which I think could be interesting. There's a lot of stuff in Boom that I think could very easily be transitioned into a movie or a television show. Um, so that's exciting. Netflix, I think, is trying to lock down all the non-Marvel, non-DC comic book related shit that's coming out. You think they'll do a Black Mask as well? Uh, that's a really interesting one. <laughs> I hope so. That's, I think, that it, Black Mask is an HBO property. I think. <laughs> that's where that should be. It's HBO. not porn. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> yup. That's all I had. But I have no other news. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, oh, I did have one more thing. 
for all the fans. Uh, this last week, Final Fantasy VII Remake officially released. Um, I did also already beat it, and it was incredible. Uh, it took me about 40, I think it was 40 hours and like 28 minutes was my total time. Uh, that's not 100% completion. Uh, there were some side, uh, side stuff like unlocking weapons and things like that that I did not do. Um, but overall, uh, I give it like a 10 out of 10. I think it was an incredible game. Um, obviously the fact that I put 40 hours in, yes, I'm not really doing a whole lot at home, but I did put 40 hours in between, uh, what, Tuesday and Sunday of the game to, or not even today's Sunday, Tuesday and Friday, I think is when I finished it. So, uh, very good game. Highly recommend it. Um, especially if you're a fan of the Final Fantasy genre and, um, if you're a big fan of Final Fantasy VII, it takes some of the characters and really presents them in a new light, which is cool. The it's nice to see the graphics difference between the old polygon characters we had back in 1997, oh. January 31st. So uh, graphics have improved a bit in the last uh, 26 years. So it's cool to see our characters presented in the uh, HD that they deserve. But yeah, I'd recommend that one if you ever, anyone else has uh, 40 hours of free time and a PlayStation 4 to play it on. Is that... Hey. Is, did you get that digitally? Um, yes, I downloaded that one digitally. There's actually uh, some supply issues with the disc oh. getting a copy of it. So people have been found. Um, one, because... The game was almost strictly pre-order if you were going to get a disc version of it. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Well, darn. Wait, you, gonna borrow right, it. Is he dragging the body around his house over there? Is that what's going on? I don't know. You don't want to be involved in shit. So. <laughs> if you don't know, I'm going to ask you a question. So, um, <laughs> one of the things that uh, I know we had brought up before was being able to, like I've said, I've watched all of Netflix. And it's kind of impossible, but it's it's not completely being able to um, watch uh, every uh, thing. Because there is about 2.2 million minutes of content currently available. That's always fluctuating. There's always new stuff, but that equals out to about um, 36,000 hours, which when you do the math, then uh, by year, if you watch every hour, that's a little more than four years straight of available content. So someone has figured out how much they, you know, total that Netflix has available and that's how long it would last you to actually watch all of Netflix, and I've done that in the past week. But uh, <laughs> all of it, eh? Yeah. Even all the kids' shows. I will say, yeah. I mean, you don't necessarily have to spend that time if you have more than one screen playing at a time. Yeah. yeah. Plus, you've probably sure? already seen some of the content, like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. I've already seen those movies, so I don't need to watch them. So you potentially have already seen a portion. It's possible, and I think that Americans are the people who can get it done. 
<laughs> I believe us. Oh, okay, guys. Ants across America. Let's just make it modern. <laughs> oh my god, that would be the best way to spread this disease. <laughs> All right, well, um, I'm glad we could uh, get together again, and uh, I promise you next week I will uh, I'll have caught up on some comic books, especially since I beat the game. And <clears throat> better. That and Boots um, the <clears throat> Yeah, and yeah. some of our other normal yeah. <laughs> frills that we have. Yeah. Look at that. Nothing's hey. regular now. It can all be excused. I was going to say, everyone's lucky we're just here. That is true. <laughs> so until then, stay thirsty for whatever we have going on in the coming weeks. You get what you get. Stay thirsty for whatever we have for you. You, you get you, you get what you pay for. You'll enjoy it. <laughs>